to If the Apocalypse Comes Beat Me, also known as I Wear the Cheese, It Does Not Wear Me. This is a weekly-ish podcast about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where we take a look at each episode according to its original air date 20 years ago. And this week's episode is What's My Line? Part 2 from Season 2. We're going to be talking about plot. We're going to talk about characters. We're going to be talking about... The Slayer Line! (laughs) Really? For all of them. Oh, yeah. We're going to be talking about the Slayer Line. So, spoilers abound for this episode and every episode before it, after it, possibly the other shows and the comics more than likely so keep listening because you need to find out if we've been secretly made of bugs all along hello friends hello hi it's thanksgiving or it was thanksgiving recently it was thanksgiving recently yeah how are you are you ready to talk about the episode i'm full you're you're full. So full from Thanksgiving. Nice. Stacia, say hello. I already did. I don't remember you saying that. Daniel, we both say hello. said hello. What? I don't remember. Hmm. Kelly, say hello. Hello. None of that seems real or right. So, once by line part two, exciting conclusion. How did you guys feel about the episode? <laughs> exciting. It was a conclusion of sorts. Yeah. Kendra left. She did. That concluded. <laughs> I mean, and, and we pretend that Spike and Drusilla are dead when they didn't walk over and just stake them, which just... Better not follow up. I think the revelation of, holy crap, there's a new Slayer was cool. I mean, I guess mm-hmm. we kind of got that in the last episode. And then the final shot of Drusilla holding Spike up, yeah, that, that one arm, good. is like a really cool yeah. shot, even though it looks kind of cheesy now. It does it's now. Um, but every time they use that symbolism, it's cool. Yes. Yeah. So this episode originally aired November 24th, 1997, written by Marty Noxon, yeah. same as part one, uh, and directed by David Semmel, Never Kill a Boy on the First Date, Go Fish, and Lover's Walk. So one out of three oh, is nice. okay. Out of four, I guess. Lover's Walk. This one's good, too. This one ended up being pretty highly rated for me, weirdly enough. Uh, to put us in the mood before we start talking about the episode, let's throw to our robots and give us some news what was happening this day in 1997, this week. Thank you, Kelly, Stacia, Droolid. Big week in the news. Royston, what's the scuttlebutt? Karen, this week, Iraq told the UN that it would accept US inspectors. Clinton takes wait-and-see approach, sending troops to the Gulf before the weapons probe resumes. The US also released information on the purposed size of Iraq's toxic cash. For now the stalemate has thawed, but for how long long? No one can tell. Royston, we can tell. We all can tell. Exactly. And knowable. In other news, Bobby McCoy gave birth to septuplets in Des Moines, Iowa. It was the second case where all seven babies were born alive, and first where all survived infancy. The septuplets graduated from high school in May of 2016. The FBI's ending it probe of TWA Flight 800, which crashed in July 1996, killing all 230 people after takeoff from JFK. It was the costliest investigation in US history. The most probable cause of the accident was an explosion of flammable fuel air vapors in a fuel tank but that doesn't stop conspiracies of a missile or a government cover-up. Two 13-year-old boys were charged with sending a threatening email message over the internet to Hillary Rodham Clinton. Twenty years later millions would do that for national sport as we descend into the upside down. And finally, back to old blighty. Queen Elizabeth and the Duke of Edinburgh mark their 50th wedding anniversary in London. 
You know Karen, I sure hope those two kids make it. Me too Royston. Stay fresh out there. Patty. Please. What's up? Few records out this week. Mother's Mouse traveled a lonesome crowded west. No word on if they found Hanson, who were snowed in with Paul Simon singing songs from the Capeman. The Ramones had already split, yelling we're out of here. No word on whether that was as Metallica reloaded or Celine Dion started talking about love. Oh, Kelly, Draymond, Big Pink went on sale this week. You could own the house Bob Dylan and the band recorded the basement tapes in for $149,000. Or, you could, until 1998, but now you can book a vacation there. It's like walking into 1967 except the basement is off limits. Movies, yay. Anastasia makes a mockery of history, Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil couldn't rival the book's immaculate descriptions of Savannah. The Rainmaker was another Grisham adaptation that was critically praised but little seen, and, get your popcorn and stuff your face down into the butter until you nearly pass out Mortal Kombat Annihilation and its 3% on Rotten Tomatoes awaits. But, like all garbage that's lost the potency of its fart breath, talks for a reboot are heating up 20 fucking years later. You know, fuck these movies. The top 5 video rentals this week were Lost World Jurassic Park, Jingle All the Way, Liar Liar, The Fifth Element and Batman and Robin. Watch those, be happy, and have a Merry Thanksgiving motherfuckers. Merry Thanksgiving indeed, from our robot family to yours, Kelly, back to you. Wow, what an enlightening news week we've had. Thanks robots. Yay. So let's talk about the plot real quick, and then we'll dive into the episode. Kendra, hey, did you know she's a real vampire slayer, y'all? We noodle out that Kendra was <laughs> called before but uh, called not before. We figured out the buff that Kendra wow, I'm gonna have a hard time. See, this is why I shouldn't read it. Figure out that Kendra was called when Buffy died for a minute last year. Kendra's had a side tried to pass. We don't find that out immediately, but there's chunky heel fighting, and through the chunky heel fighting we find out that Angel has been trapped at Willie's place. So they go to rescue Angel at some point, but oh no, he's not there because Willie sold Angel to Spike and Drew. And Drew has torture sex with Angel for a while, and then it's off to church for the deadly ritual. <laughs> Meanwhile, the Scoobies are busy with <laughs> uh, Tarakan problems. Buffy has a gun pulled on her by Patrice, who is the cop one, but shoots Oz. Oh my god. Good old Patrice. Good old Crazy. Patrice. What the worst name for an assassin ever. Uh, Xander and Cordy fight off Bug Fister at Buffy's house, and then oh, they no. make out, and that's right. awful. Everyone regroups back the library. Buffy and Kendra smack Willie around, and then Buffy heads to the church to do some ass-kicking and boyfriend rescuing, most important. The rest of the Scooby show up to help. <laughs> Xander and Cordy kill Fister. Kendra kills Patrice. Buffy stops the ritual to restore Drusilla, and again, most importantly, saves Angel, and throws a church whirly gag incense burning thing with the power of hips uh which means a thurible a thurible yeah which uh <laughs> makes spike run headlong into an organ which crushes him and uh we find out that drusilla has been restored all restored and everything's going to be a-okay for those kids spike running into the organ was, was amazing the, like there's two exits oh, right sure. next to him gear left or right but no headlong into the organ yeah. that's where we need to go also weird fire starting thing and then it didn't actually matter so much at the end just failed to really drive home anything worthwhile oh also goodbye Kendra yeah <laughs> gonna get on the plane this time not in the cargo hold yeah very important she has a new shirt she does character development yeah mm. totally I um, can't of- wait to see this pay off <laughs> Her new shirt. Yeah. 
How she's going to utilize dimensions. that. New dimensions. <laughs> a couple of firsts for this episode. Uh, first time Angel is in a cage, but not the last time he'll be sexy tortured in a cage. Uh, second appearance of a gun. Darley used one in the episode Angel. Um, but they're pretty rare. Uh, we get The most gun heavy we get in the show is during the initiative period because they're always carrying rifles and shit. Yeah. But uh, first kill for Cordelia. They kill, helps Xander kill the Fister. First on screen vamp kill for Giles and Willow. And uh, mm. first Xander Cordelia smoochies, which we could have done Also, we learned about the churches, the church situation. There being well. 43 churches. 43, that's a lot of churches. That's a lot of churches. It's a lot of churches for a small town. Yeah, we only how many graveyards did we say? Nine. That was like, like our joke, but now we now we have to yeah. like up that. I know you meant to say gross and disturbing. Yeah, it is of course a terrible thing. Must must put a stop to it. So now that you know what happened in the episode, let's let's discuss. Do you have anything? All I could think was we covered all the stuff about the Slayer, which you're going to do again. It's true for me. Yeah, more concisely, we did it. Amazingly in season one, the only redeeming value of season one. And this show isn't as good as our season one episode where we explain the lore of Slayers because it doesn't really care that much. Yeah, well. Lore is oftentimes way better than what we actually get on screen. Like as a TV show, it was fine. Mm-hmm. But I love the idea of the Slayer and the Slayer coming back and all of that way more than the execution. So that was quite disappointing yeah. in the end for me. It's a it's a fine episode. It does a lot of really cool things, but it's not not as cool as, as I kind of thought it would be. So the single most appalling thing about the episode is Kendra's accent, obviously, which we talked a little bit about last episode. I did find out that this was apparently a last-minute decision. She wasn't written with an accent, mm. and then they decided... That they were going to do it right before they just started make her shooting. More of another, yeah, couldn't just be like a for no reason. Yeah, uh, they brought in a dialect coach that supposedly her accent is from a very specific region of Jamaica. Mm-hmm. Of course it is. <laughs> if I was up... a dialect coach, I would say the same thing. It's a just... very specific place in Portland, right here, where we talk like this. You this is know. real. There's no way you would yeah. know about it. Um, so they just ended well, up sounding really hacky. So I would like to just pause it as an argument that perhaps what is even more offensive than Kendra's accent is Buffy mimicking her oh, yeah, I'm sorry. accent. That the worst. <laughs> yeah, that was bad. I, I think we might. Yeah, why <laughs> did we it. have to do it at all? We didn't. Yeah, yeah. We didn't. That yeah you're right. So that After such really... a heartwarming moment, too. Mm-hmm. Right? That was the moment when they were sitting in the... Right? They were, they were talking. Like in Giles' office. Yeah, and they were doing the whole anger thing. All of that, mm-hmm. was, that worked mm-hmm. really well. That was probably the best part of the episode for me. And then at the end, it's like, oh my god, you just yeah. had to crush it. You just had to throw that out the window. Fuck. Because I think that was worse. Because, like, butchering an accent, yes, there's no excuse for it. But yeah. within the context of the show, Buffy was doing something really messed up by mimicking the way she was speaking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In a way that, like, if was that was reality, so like, that would be way more messed up than someone's accent, regardless of what it sounds like. Yeah, like, in show, absolutely. Yeah. Like, if that's the way she speaks, that's the way she speaks. But right. making her speak that way for no reason when the character wasn't even designed that way, just just for a sense of otherness, yeah. just, like, cheap. It's cheap. Not I don't know. I mean, I think it makes sense. If she's coming from a different country, she would have an accent. <sighs> I think that's fair. I think that's justifiable because you... I mean, it's also kind of messed up to assume that everyone's going to have an English accent, even if she is from Jamaica. Like, obviously, it puts her in a different country, so you get a different understanding of what... That there's like cultural ideas of what a slayer is or should yeah. be, yeah. Which is the really Kendra's only function aside from introducing the idea that now there's two slayers. So I think it makes sense for her to have an accent. The problem is it just comes off as sounding so silly when it 
shouldn't have, especially because we have two other characters in the show that are doing accents already that don't sound messed up. Sure. Because both Spike and Giles are doing accents. Oh, Andrew Silla. Andrew Silla. Yeah. Those are all British accents. Like, I mean, obviously, Anthony Stewart Head is British, but he changed his accent to sound more posh. Because he's more the character. like a cockney. Yeah, accent. because he has a much rougher accent. Yeah. And then Spike, James Marsters, is from California. <laughs> and I'm not sure about uh, the actress that plays Drilling, Priscilla, yeah. she, I mean, where she's, she's from. But yeah. Not so from the UK. We have established we can do accents on the show in a way that doesn't sound completely outrageous. But Well, well they're only going to do it for people yeah. sitting or being... Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> but Dave Boreanaz cannot. No, when he gets no, the Irish accent is horrible. That's where they falter to realize we're done. But I think we're that done. was a failure on David Boreanaz's <laughs> part. Sorry. <Dave. laughs> oh, I've lost my train of thought. Sorry. Oh no, we we only do that for people that are going to stay. Like that's the difference. Like we're going to have a super exotic uh, accent that you're not going to. You know, there's an idea in linguistics, the communicative burden. It's placed on two people. It's not only for me to talk, but you to you listen. To understand. And so if we're going to get used to Ken- uh, Kendra, accent or not, like we just have to believe this accent actually exists, it, w- it would have been something to actually have that character be along for the ride. And you, it is your burden to deal with this character. And a burden doesn't always have to be a bad thing, but it would be your burden to listen and to have that be the accent. But you can tell right away, especially because it's a 90s TV show, that character has no chance of survival. It will be around for a slight She's arc, the and then you're dead. Yeah, British that's... accents are fine. French accents are fine. Westernized accents are fine. But Well, that's the problem, get is that if we had had Kendra over, like, seasons, I think, one, they probably would have morphed the accent a little, so it sounded mm. less ridiculous. But two, yeah, totally. it would have seemed like less of a caricature to have a character you actually start to, like, understand the background of and everything like versus, a fully fleshed out character yes yeah. versus someone who pops up a few times and then dies and then we get faith and you see all of her like dark troubled <laughs> her baggage like, deep pain of the soul situation mm-hmm. over like seasons mm-hmm. but we don't get that with kendra so i think no. it also adds to like the cartoonishness of yes they call me kendra i have no last name sir can you say stuck in the 80s Buffy, please. Uh, I wanted to ask what you guys thought about Buffy's immediate, like, hatred of Kendra. Granted, like, they meet fighting, basically, and she assumes she's an assassin, but she still, like, has this weird anger towards her, and it might be because Giles, pro- Giles projects this idea of, like, she's she's good, she's better than you. Like, well, I she, think He's Buffy, not doing it intentionally with words, but... Buffy is angry. I think she's jealous. She feels left out. Mm. I mean, and she's mocking them both, like, oh, whatever. The bookworms yeah, the party. Yeah, oh, yes, let's go check the sixth volume of this dumb book. The text of Dramius? Yeah, yeah, the text of Dramius. And you see them going like, oh, yes, it was quite heavy to deal with or whatever. And so I think because Buffy's like, I'm not that person. I didn't even know. Like, I didn't even know there was a handbook. Why would you never even bring this up? So obviously you have a lot of free time. I study because it is required. The Slayer Handbook insists on it. There's a Slayer Handbook? What, Handbook? What Handbook? How come I don't have a Handbook? Is there a t-shirt too? And now, essentially, Kendra comes in to be Giles' perfect Slayer, who Mm. does all her homework and who follows the rules and does exactly what Giles, who is very by the book, would want. And Buffy is, like, spiraling out. And that's why Willow is like, no, you always know that you're going to be the only one for... Giles. But even little things when Giles is like, you know, oh, we didn't do the book because it wouldn't have worked for you. Yeah, yeah. you can see why Buffy, teenage girl, would construe that. Especially in the arc of, which, watching these apart from one another, you sort of forget, it's career day. We're still dealing with all that nonsense. So 
trying to piece that all together it's it makes even more sense so when she's like resigned to doing law enforcement before the fucking epic gun battle um (laughs) that was something that i had to remind myself of because i I just like it was so weird it was just weird to have buffy like obviously know that like giles loves her and like willow doesn't need to like remind buffy that but obviously we need stuff to get the plot going and get some a little bit of tension so my question is is the Slayer Handbook, the book mm. that Jaws slams down book? in front of her that says vampire with yeah. a Y in the first oh. episode. Is that is that it? That'd be amazing. I, I want I it to be. Oh, yeah. um, I, I, because I why like, else would you, wouldn't you just slam down the handbook? Wouldn't that be the most reasonable book to be like, I know who you are? Right, yeah. Yeah. And then also, why wouldn't <laughs> Buffy's watcher before him have mentioned it? Yeah, that Wolford Brimley looking motherfucker. Um, I feel like if that is the, she would have seen it before, right? Like, and so she she sees, because he would have brought it to her, her original watcher. I I feel like so yeah. when she sees that vampire book, she should. Or maybe that is why she backs away because she has seen that book before. Because in the first episode, she's like, I'm not into this. Um, but then she was confused that there was a handbook. How does Giles not know there is another Slayer? Why would the council not be like, hey, another Slayer was called? So we re- we explore that in season three, obviously. Giles seems to be, for no apparent reason, the black sheep like, of the yeah, Watchers Council. Wait, like, he's in control of, for all intents and purposes, the only Slayer. <laughs> and you guys give zero right. shits about him. I've made up my mind. So have I. I made up mine first. I'm older and wiser than you, and just, just do what you're told for once. All right? It's not how it goes. I'm the Slayer. Yeah, they treat him really weird, but it seems like they would at least, like, send him a one-line email that's like, by the way, there's another Slayer in Jamaica. <laughs> yeah. I don't well, know. If email, Giles would never get it. That's true. Well, and then it was interesting because Giles apparently knows the Watcher, and he was like, that guy's really nice or whatever. Same to like, I called him. Right. Right? And so, <laughs> Why what? wouldn't he reach out to him and why, be like, hey. Why wouldn't anyone tell Giles anything? But then Giles tossed off, I, yeah, I just called your Watcher. The yeah. NBD, you were living in a cave, like, isolated from society, but I got him on the phone. It's yep. fine everything's cool why wouldn't he be like hey so yeah my my girl that i was training just got called up like what's going on up in sunnydale yeah oh shit man let's talk you have to like check in and be like my slayer just died yeah right explain why or something and then the council would be like why haven't you checked in about buffy dying and then giles is like she's not dead and they're like well wtf i don't know it seems like there would be some conversation especially since kendra's been like she's known her destiny since she was born and yeah. she like, right. was raised as such. So the second she's called, people would know. Like, yeah. Sam Zabuto's calling the, the Watchers Council. He's oh, yeah. calling on his coconut phone. He's and the entire village is like, understands the importance of it. They've given everything away just to like have her train and do all this. If she was leaving, they would throw a fucking parade as she got on. Apparently, like, a, oh no, she came in the plane in the car. Mm-hmm. No, right. Whatever. But still, they would throw a parade for her leaving. Yeah. Everyone would know. And Sam would call. He would he let would Giles know. So he would Buffy call the wouldn't accidentally and say, hey. attack her. Exactly. We would know. Well, or otherwise so that she wouldn't accidentally attack Buffy. Mm-hmm. She didn't even know there was a Slayer, right? Did she know no. when she was coming in that no. there was a Slayer? I guess she assumed that she was a Turok assassin. Died. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. right. Right, right. Well, yeah, from Kendra's perspective, well, like, she's like, assume that... there was no other Slayer. Right. So, I don't know. Yeah, and it's fine for her to think that, but. To have the, the council, the council and the watchers not completely useless. Yeah, what's what do the they point? do? What's the point? And why are we asking? Why are you sending me to Sunnydale? Why? Why are you sending me Sam Zabuto? Yeah. Oh, because there's another Slayer there, and she needs your help. Yeah. But I guess if, if he said like 
Is that because, why she came? No, a dark power's about to rise. Yeah, okay. That's that's true. Because Spike. Yeah. And that's the same reason she comes the next time. A dark power's about to rise. A cop. She's a one-note character. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least she's on top of it. Buffy that's never true. knows. Buffy's not traveling anywhere no. to go fight dark powers in other places. Nope, we're living so, there forever. Speaking of, let's talk about real quick this whole Slayer mess. You're good, but power alone isn't enough. A good fighter needs to know how to improvise, to go with the flow. Seriously, don't get me wrong. You really do have potential. Potential? I could wipe the floor with you right now. That would be anger you're feeling. What? You feel it, right? How the anger gives you fire? Slayer needs that. Sinea, the very first Slayer. We're going to learn about this in Season 7. Um, it's a long way there's away. There's a whole episode about it, basically. We find out that the first Slayer was created by people called the Shadow Men. They were really powerful mages in Africa thousands of years ago. And they took the soul of a shadow demon. These are very creative names. Do they do anything like that in Restless? Like, who's that? Like, the yeah, Sinead. Creature. She's, okay. in, she's the oh, first Slayer. Oh, that's her. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Okay. She's, I don't think they ever name her in the show, but she gets a name she in the comics. She just shows up. I think she's just called, like, the, the original first, or like, the first, first or something. Okay. Um, so they, that is what we're supposed to... Thousands of years ago, Sinead is chained in a cave, and the shadow men coax a shadow demon to enter her body. Um, there's nothing explicitly stating why they picked a girl, but I'm thinking because they're gross, powerful men, and they're like, a woman would be easier to control, so we're going to grab her and uh, throw her a demon inside of her. I don't know why. But that's just how it happened. That was always a sticking point for me when we got to that and they explain it. And it's like, so you're saying that men gave her the power to do this. But why? Okay. But there is no reasons why. Why couldn't it have been a circle of women? Oh, so yeah. (sighs) So the reason the Slayer was created because they're the old ones, which were supposed to be extra super powerful demons before their blood got mixed with humans. And like, that's why we have vampires and these demi-demons and stuff. So initially, Sinea was a monster. She, the demon took over her and she lost her humanity. And as the years have gone on, the Slayers have become weaker but more human. Mm-hmm. And that's why Buffy goes in season seven back to that place to try to get the essence of the demon put back into her so she can be stronger but she would lose her humanity and she chooses knowledge instead of strength. Um, so Sinea was, was the strongest Slayer ever even though Buffy like bests her in flashbacks and stuff. Uh, so Buffy could never theoretically get to that point until she fucks a city down in season eight. But... Um, <laughs> We're not gonna. Let's not talk about yeah. that. And then all the old ones eventually over time vanish from the earth. So every time. Well, isn't one of the like thesis statements of the show that you're stronger if you like have like the human connections? Like that's why Buffy triumphs over these vampires again and again is because people are helping her. That's why she's stronger than Kendra. Right. Who doesn't make it. Because she's more in touch got... with humanity. Yeah. Yeah. Like her anger, her so emotions. She yeah. has them Her then besting the strongest layer ever. I mean, it makes sense if you're following that oh, yeah. argument. I don't take orders. I do things my way. No wonder you died. Let's go. True. Buffy has an edge. I mean, there's a reason she lives so long. Yeah. Um, so that's Sinea's tragic life. Pretty brutal. Um, and once she's died... Yeah, maybe we should shut the window? It's not noise! It's music! I know music! Music has notes. This is noise. I'm aromatizing. I must have the beat. So one of the things that's been frustrating me <laughs> since we've been doing this podcast is the lore factor. Buffy is very scant when it comes to lore. 
Uh, Game of Thrones fucked me up because there's nothing but lore. There's oodles and oodles, more lore than ever. Anyone. One could argue too much. <laughs> One could argue Possibly. too much. Yeah. But it enriches the story, I feel like, a lot. So going back to research these Slayer things, so there's a compendium graphic novel called Tales of the Slayer that I own but I've actually never read that goes into the backstories of a, a couple of the, the girls that have been called throughout the years. Um, supposedly, Kendra and... Buffy are the only, the first two to exist at the same time, and that's a reality, which I find so hard to believe that this couldn't have accidentally happened to anyone else. I mean, I get before the advent of CPR that maybe we wouldn't know how to revive somebody, per se, but I like, mean, again, I think the argument is the reason why Buffy survived is she has friends who take care of her. Because if she had been Kendra, she would have just died. Yeah, yeah she would have gotten stabbed out and then fallen over and then yeah, just died. Yeah, like, yeah no, one's no one would have saved her, so. I mean, there's no Xander to save the That's day. probably why all the Slayers fight alone. Yeah. So we have Sinea thousands of years ago. Jump to the next known slayer <laughs> in the 18th century. See, that's the that's weak sauce. Right? I know, that's what I'm saying. Like, you have thousands of years of... Okay, all right then. But I wonder, like, so Joss Whedon owns the story, right? I mean, yeah. that's it's his for all intents and purposes. Yeah. I wonder if he's ever thought of doing something. Like, George R. R. Martin cannot stop himself from doing lore over even the story. I wonder if he's ever given it much thought or if he's just... Like peters it out in slow little drips and dribbles because that's what the comics do a little bit too. They do delve into stuff that maybe the show could never whatever. But I wonder if he's even thought about it. Joss Whedon's strong point seems to be characters and not so much story. Yeah, yeah. But wouldn't you create these fun characters like create twenty Slayers and like tell their story through time and just have them exist in a notebook? I don't know, and somebody can find later and make some. I don't know. But I agree with you. I think every time we sit down and talk, we I want to get more into that level of stuff and yeah. it's just like it doesn't exist it's just it's all gonna change and it, one episode to the other is totally different it's frustrating Yuki Makimuri Mura Yuki Makimura Japan 18th century uh, trained by a samurai launcher because of course who Dope. killed himself via seppuku because of course Dope. appropriate for this episode with not a heart attack nope. not like old age just uh, and he killed himself because he was failing in his duties. No mention of how or why, but nevertheless. Three months after his death, Yuki fights the master of all mm. people in Japan and loses. No he way. turns her into a vampire. And Yuki remained loyal to the master after that and served no him from way. Japan. The Watcher's Council scrubs the records of her existence. Um, and there's a, a non... So this character is canon. But the um, there's a, a comic series before the season eight stuff. Because they did a lot of extracurricular comics and novels and stuff that were never actually included into the canon this character made the jump to canon her story was she shows up in sunnydale at 2000 ish with dawn oh. and like it's supposed to be a side story of a false like false memories of dawn that one time this crazy japanese vampire former slayer came to town and everybody had to kick her ass and stuff so um so this would theoretically be the only other slayer to exist at the same time as a vampire so technically not existing oh. but like it's a really interesting thing that is interesting another example of like how has this never happened like how has a slayer never been turned by a vampire considering a lot of them quest to do just that to kill the, go the back slayer to time immemorial yeah if you have like. thousands of years and if you consider the the average length of a slayer's tenure is about a year and a half oh my god like that's a lot of people to be turned over thousands of years like to, to die well why would they be turned though what would be the reasoning behind turning them? for something like somebody like the master right to have i have this strong enough. 
ally. Yeah, this minion that's going to do what I want. Well, I think if I was the master, if he's supposed to be as big and bad as you think, he might have killed multiple slayers. We just don't know. And so at some point, it starts to become like a little pet project. Like, hey, maybe I've killed so many. Slayer vampires. What can I do with this? Yeah. You would would take somebody like the master to think that. Right. Because I think otherwise the slayer would slay. Well, because it seems like the big deal with the slayers is like you want to kill them because it's like a trophy that you won. So then if you turn them, it's not quite the same. But I wonder if the master, again, over time, just stopped caring. I think it would be so useful. Like, what a formidable little force that you could put together. They're also, all of the enemies throughout the entire show are so provincial. They're all like, I just want to stake out this playground and enjoy myself here and eat people. (laughs) And the master's like, one of the only ones. It's like, I kind of want to take over the world. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, maybe there is something bigger than this. I mean, I think that's what makes him stand out. Well, I think, I mean, like, you, part of the frustrating thing with these is that most of the slayers that we see, we see in flashbacks through the perspective of men. Like, we see mm. spikes to slayers. Yeah. And, like, for him, he was just doing it because it was fun mm. and not... Like, he didn't have a greater plan, so why would you turn the slayer if you just wanted to kill her? Like, he wasn't building an army or anything from what we see. And even yeah. now, I don't know that he would necessarily want to kill a slayer to... Whatever. Like, he never had any of those plans, even if he was evil the whole time. Yeah. I guess the, the argument also could be made if the Slayer and vampires are of almost an equivalent strength, like clearly Buffy's stronger or faster or better in whatever way, then would that really make the difference if she was already a Slayer, like turning into a vampire? Would there really be that much of an edge? There'd be an edge of like Slayer strength, but I don't know if that would be necessarily... It wouldn't be twofold. You know what I mean? Like she wouldn't then be... I don't know. Anyway, just interesting. Slayer, vampires, they call them yeah. Slaypires, and I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm oh, not gonna do that. no. Gross. You've been a very bad daddy. Uh, Shinron, which Why? we do see in flashbacks in Fool for Love. I believe oh, yeah. it's Fool for Love. Did, does she talk at all on the... She, okay, so... Okay, yeah, I'm just curious, because in my head, doesn't say a whole line of dialogue. <laughs> active despite, in the year 1900. Or no, yeah. No. Skilled... A skilled fighter and very close to her family and she was aware of her destiny kind of like a uh, Kendra situation where she knew she was going to be the Slayer before she was called on June 18th 1900 the whirlwind Spike, Drusilla, Darla and Angel show up in Peking also known as Beijing now during the Boxer Rebellion she fights Spike obviously in her last words in fact only words are tell my mother I'm sorry but it was in Mandarin. Yes. And so Spike was like, whatever. I don't speak Chinese, love. Yeah. <laughs> whatever he says. Sorry, love. I don't speak Chinese. I feel like I get used to this. Nikki Wood, we're also very familiar with. Mm-hmm. The other person that uh, Slayer, that Spike kills. Nikki's called in 1970 in New York. Uh, her watcher, Bernard Crowley, uh, is very close with her, kind of like a Giles. Because from what I get... What a nerd name. They all have the nerdiest well, names. Well, most of them are British. All of them are British, right? So all like, Brits yeah, have nerd I names? Yeah, they're all British. Yeah. Well, so there's just Bernard Crowley's running around Britain right now? Hey, all of them? Sam Zabuto's pretty cool. Oh, that's a great name. Because um, speaking of Sam Zabuto, it sounds like Kendra and her definitely don't have that or Kendra and him don't have that familiar kind of relationship. Mm, yeah. uh, but Crowley was 
close with Nikki. She gets pregnant with Robin at some point in 73 and has to do the crucimentum, which is the test they have to do when they're 18. Buffy also has to do it. Mm -hmm. Even though she's pregnant, this makes Crowley fucking insane mad because he's like, why would the council put her through this when she's pregnant? This is garbage. And um, puts Nikki and Robin into hiding. Uh, They go to South America and live in Mexico and South America for a while. And Nikki eventually guilt overcomes her that she's not doing her duty because apparently there aren't fucking demons to fight in South America and goes back to New York. Uh, and that obviously would be her undoing because at, uh, in 77, July 77, Spike and uh, Nikki meet for the first time in Central Park. They have a fight, um, but Spike, they like the, nobody wins. It's a draw and they walk away. But then on July 13th, 1977, 11 days before her 22nd birthday, uh, Spike kills her on the subway. She had seven years as a slayer, so she's, like, I think maybe the second longest. Of the people we know that, that we've bothered to imagine into the world, she's probably got the close to Buffy's mm-hmm. second longest tenure, so. But she also kind of took a retirement period. She did, yeah. Which probably increased her lifespan. For sure. That's true. Uh, and she's one of the only um, slayers that they know about in existence that's uh, had a kid because they die so mm-hmm. young and, and so quickly after they're called that. So cool. Yeah, I'm sure the Watcher Council was not stoked about her. They pregnant. probably didn't know. That's <laughs> worth. Well, I feel like there's probably a general rule of don't get pregnant because uh, he, then you have a liability, right? You're not going to yeah. fight your hardest because you don't want to die because you have a kid. Emotions are weakness, Buffy. You shouldn't entertain them. You know what? I was like, I wonder if the Watcher Council pays for birth control, and then I was just like, oh, I wonder if they like. I mean, obviously they don't, but like they would be the insidious type of organization that would sterilize. Well, they the don't even pay the Slayers anything. No. no. Which oh, is stupid. S- speaking of the Shadow Men that originally cursed the first Slayer, Sinea, uh, the Watcher's Council came of that. Uh, and you asked about a circle of women. So the Guardians, who we only see one of in the second to last episode of the series, is they existed at the same time as the Shadow Men. There's a circle of women called the Guardians who forged the scythe and were awaiting a day, apparently thousands of years in the future, that they would need, the Slayer would need an edge. And, uh... So that kind of existed, like that's, I don't know, it's not fleshed out at all. But the Guardians were, have been around for thousands of years too, but only one survived, and she made her way to Sunnydale just for Buffy and then dies anyway, so cool. Uh, Kendra Faith, obviously we know them, we know their story as much as we're going to know about it. Uh, and then uh, Simone Doffler in season eight and season nine, she's the one with the shaved head and the pink mm-hmm. mohawk, who's pretty badass. She actually eventually turns into a, a vampire too, but it's after the seat of magic has been destroyed, so she turns into that vampire thing. I don't know if you remember from season nine. Yeah. They're all like fucked up. Yes. They're just monsters. And then we but have. But there's also so. There's all the slayers, right? All, don't yeah, all there's thousands of them. But she, activated. like, I reference that because she turns into a vampire, right. which is oh, like okay. apparently only two known instances of that happening. Gotcha. Um, and then we have Malaka Frey in 2200s. Oh, yeah. So in the right. future. She and her twin brother. So he. I hate that we had to do this, but. So he has powers of a slayer but only the psychic abilities he has prophetic dreams and then uh malaka has all the strength and speed and stuff and he turns into a vampire her twin brother turns into a vampire so that's another kind of instance of it so he's not a full slayer but there you go there's all the known slayers shit that exist in the world some of them turn into vampires but not enough because i think that'd be cool seeing all of that lore is pretty fun yeah leaves a lot of interpretation and you can put a lot of stuff onto them it's nice I need to actually read the Tales of the Slayer one day, because I'm sure it'd be really fun. So that's the Slayer line, and the notable Slayers that we have all, yeah, five of them, or whatever it is. Nikki Wood is apparently Doug Petrie's favorite Slayer, and I get that. I'm sure she would have been really cool. Like, 
Even a story following her around South America, I bet, would be pretty neat and just, like, I don't know, seeing that more. What did we learn? Did you learn anything from this episode? I learned that I wish that there was more lore. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Stacia, what did you learn from this episode? I learned that you shouldn't let salesmen into your house because they might be bug assassins. You and bug people, Xander. What's up with that? No, but this dude was completely different than Praying Mantis Lady. He was a man of bugs, not a man who was a bug. I love the way that they killed it, too. Like, I thought it was going to be way more dramatic, but it was just glue. I thought it was going to be like they were going to light it on fire or something cool. Nope, just stick But also, and stop weird question, um, what's her face? Cordelia had bugs all over, mm-hmm. carried bugs. They killed a lot of bugs, but probably not all the bugs. How many bugs does it constitute? Does, does he 83% need to become? More. Is that, yeah. I have no idea. But you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. all the bugs were not there, for sure. Yes. And they just left. And how many do you need to then reanimate Fister, right? Like, so, yeah. if there are three bugs floating around, is that enough? Probably not. Yeah. I don't know. Who knows? I learned that you should always pack a change of clothes. Kendra, what are you doing? Oh, yeah. She only has one shirt, though. I she know. know. So she, I guess she has nothing to change into. Very Spartan. Borrow some clothes from Sam. I bet Sam's got some washer duds. terrible, though. Oh, I mean, years and years of training. One shirt. Oh, man. Not good. Not a good. bug on a hand? More likely than not, someone is made of bugs. And mm. accepting help from others can be hard and scary, but it's often beneficial. Buffy and Kendra were stronger together oh, in the end. That was a nice, wholesome end. <laughs> Before we start screaming, I want to know that. Yeah, let's do that! Who's ready to yell? Wiggy! 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 Oh, man. Wiggy. Spike and Drusilla are bad enough of a threat to have Kendra sent from Jamaica. I feel like, no. I feel like we could have used her before, like when the world was actually ending. Mm. Although Buffy wasn't dead yet then. You know what? I see you. Good enough. <laughs> and Spike has killed two Slayers. Like, yeah. Fair enough. I take it back, Iris, in my critique. Stacia, what do you have to say? They call me Kendra. Can you say stuck in the 80s? But she only has one, one, uh, one name. She doesn't have a last name. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, like Cher yes. Madonna. Pretty, pretty <laughs> I get it. Oh, I had a moment where I was like, shit, Kendra knows about Angelus. We don't even know about Angelus. So I went back and I like watched that scene in Angel, the episode, where we learned about Angel. Okay, so here's what we know. So we can tell the score finally. We're like, Giles, yeah. does Giles know? Oh, my God. All he says is this. Quote, this yes. is the exact conversation. Angelus, the one with the angelic face. And the only information that he could find was in a watcher's diary, right? All it says is that he was in Ireland. He leaves Ireland, wreaks havoc in Europe for several decades. And then 80 years ago, he comes to America, shuns other vampires, and lives alone. No record of him hunting here. And then Buffy's like, so what was he like before he started shunning other vampires? A vicious monster, just like the rest of them. So... That's it. That's all Giles knows. So the only bad guy really would be Jenny because she is withholding information. But she might not know the depths of what happened. Just that. My ancestor said he did something fucked up to us, but I don't know anything about the guy. And Buffy and I, heard the story from Angel. About right, exactly. Which, so all Buffy knows about Angel in reality, with the exception of what Giles read to her in the, in the episode Angel, is what he tells her. But we can also assume that Giles is giving an overview of he's a vicious monster. Let me not go into... Little tiny stories that make up my statement that he's a vicious right. Well, monster. the wreaks havoc in, havoc in Europe in for decades. I'm sure there was yeah. some descriptive language in there. Yeah, totally. Well, and she heard one story of him wreaking havoc. Drusilla exactly. narrates another, and we yeah we're building together what's going so on. So Giles is not withholding information. I forgot that Angel was an episode. Now we're all on the same page. But it was this 
was it this one or Ted? No, it was this one where they're talking about Angel. It was still weird where it's like, oh, he's a good guy now. Everything's fine. He's all fine. Yeah, because Kendra knows about Angelus. And presumably because of the same Watcher's Diary that Sam has access to. Like, he knows as as much as Giles would know. Therefore, Kendra knows as much as Angel would know at this point. I don't know if that's true. Kendra obviously read things that Giles never read. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. The text of of Dramius, the writings of Dramius, which apparently there are 12 volumes of, and volumes 8 through 12 are off limits as of Orders of the Watcher's Counselor because... They contain a very powerful resurrection spell. Holy Reversal shit. spell. So you're not allowed to read them. And I wonder if those are like the restricted books that Giles keeps in the magic box where the willow goes nuts. Anyway, that's not important. Say something else. She died? Just a little. <laughs> Just a little. No wonder she died. <laughs> you were dead, Buffy. I was only gone for a minute. Buffy would never do that, except for sometimes you do that. Of course, Joss Whedon would write us a joke about soliciting minors. Well, he's like, oh, do you want to do some artwork, some tasteful nudes? No big deal. What's the flum? Oh, yeah, E-flat diminished nine. The E-flat is doable, but, but it's like diminished nine, nine, you know? No. It's a man's chord. You could lose a finger. finger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Oz was just a breath of fresh air. It was so good. I love it so much. They're so good. adorable. Kendra, you slay. I'm going to Disneyland. Heterosexual relationships being fraught with friction is a trope in TV shows that I'll never understand. Xander and Cordelia hate each other, and yet they're bound to do sex. Except they never actually do that. But at least make out. Always make out. Yeah. Throughout multiple episodes. It's something that just continues to happen. Sorry! Forgot I was stranded with a loser! And yet I never forgot that I'm stuck with the numbrain to let Mr. Mutant in the house in the first place! He looked normal! What, is he supposed to have an arrow with the word assassin over his head? All it took was a prospect of a free makeover, and you licked his hand like a big dumb dog! You know what? I'm going. I'd rather be worm food than look at your pathetic face. Then go. I'm not stopping you. I bet you wouldn't. I bet you'd let a girl go off to her doom all by herself. Not just any girl. You're special. I can't believe that I'm stuck spending what will probably be my last few moments on Earth here with you! I hope these are my last moments. Three more seconds with you and I'm gonna... I'm gonna what, coward? Moron. I hate you! I hate you! We so need to get out of here. Um, and I said, Buffy the Shrub Slayer. She, she, <laughs> she checked the shrubs. I fell on the side of shrubs. Side, oh my God. Ah, the subtle distinction of bug people. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great line. Drusilla's mom was a freak eating raw lemons. Do we not remember that? Oh, she's like, my mother used to yeah. eat lemons raw. I don't yeah, eat them, but do I do that. suck on them. I like lemons. Really? Mm-hmm. They're really bad for your teeth. Oh, yeah. The, you, the enamel's gone, like, immediately. It's fun <laughs> to rub. No, your tongue is just like, it's gone. There's nothing here. Uh, you've been a very bad daddy. Ooh, There's so much daddy gross. stuff in the next two yeah. episodes. Ooh. She says that a lot, yeah. Uh-huh. Kendra's ombre lips are on point. Oh, I didn't notice. Mm. Yeah, dark on the outside. Uh-huh. It's very in this season. Oh. <laughs> Was it in in 1997? Probably. Who can say? Who can say? <laughs> I just want to say that that gun scene was crazy. So Buffy attacked the cop. The cop was then shooting into the crowd. The crowd <laughs> did not go anywhere. Oz got Poor Jonathan. Also, they said clipped. Jonathan was amazing. Uh, they said he got clipped. He got fucking shot in the arm. Yeah. Straight on. Yeah. Um, so the whole Willow thing at the end was very cute and adorable. But literally, you did save Willow's life. You got shot, my dude. You yeah. got fucking shot. Yeah, I did. No one ran out the door. Everyone cowered as, what was her name you said, Patricia? Patrice. Patrice was going around the corner. 
I mean, if, if if she was coming around the corner with that gun, if I was on the other side, I would be screaming my head off. Everyone's calm. Everything's fine. Buffy then handles the situation. No one ever... We never speak of this moment again. There's <laughs> a, literally a cop is shooting kids in a school. Danny Strong almost got knifed in the throat. No, I did write no a note one that I was cares. Like, did this happen before Columbine? Yes. Was like it did. Yeah. yeah. But just like no one running out. It just... And that's another thing where this this episode kind of sucks because there, it doesn't even feel real. It feels so fake. Why would people just be just sitting around? They just had to around? gloss over it because it wasn't important. Yeah. Although I really liked it. It's like Buffy Summers. I did not expect Patrice to be the fucking, like, go after her like yeah. that. It was awesome. It was abrupt. It was abrupt and amazing. Like, when she pulled the gun, I was like, this is just a test. This is just a test. And maybe you should never think it's just a test. No. You're going to get killed. So going back to the lore a little bit more, the Order of Turok is incredibly disappointing because they're supposed to be this... A super specialized group of unyielding assassins, right? Which would be fine, except for what is their goal? So I liken it to um, the Golden Company, right? Like this just, here's this huge militia group that's, they're going to kill you. And they, they go to the highest bidder and they cost a ton of money. That would make absolute sense to me if the Order of Taraka was like, you have to pay a ton of money to mm. use them. Because otherwise, why don't we always use them? Why do we just nonchalantly... And the contract, the next episode. Why not everyone who ever wanted That's to right. take out the Slayer just fucking hire well, the Order of They It was Spike that called them, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So now he would call it off because he's like, well, the thing I needed to do is done. I don't need it anymore. But why, but why Why call it off unless you're paying for it, which is not the case. Well, how do we know that's not the case, though? Because there's no such thing as lore in this show, and I looked it up as much as I could, and there's <laughs> literally no... All it says is... We want to feel do- like they pay something. Or they have to be leveled enough. They paid assassins. Why else would they? Yeah. Or the other option is that Spike is a high enough level, if you're playing like an RPG, to yeah. summon the Order of Taraka. <laughs> you know, because otherwise right, yeah. it doesn't make... You're right. Why wouldn't like anybody just be like, hey, Order of Taraka, you love killing people. Why well, you I just, just go I said, like, why wouldn't they just always kill the Slayer? Like, yes, yeah. there's an ever-unending line of Slayers, but there's also an unending line of Tarakan assassins, so, like, they could just cancel each other out yeah. forever. Do we ever see Tarakans again? No, no. that's, like... That's amazing. Oh, my God! <laughs> that's funny that they wouldn't even make an appearance when we were doing the first stuff. Just as, like, a nod, yeah. even. Like, hey, remember that time we had assassins that would unlimitedly come after you? <laughs> oh, speaking Forgot of, the first that. never appears is Kendra. Which would have been, apparently was talked about at some point, but oh, it never happened. that would have been really cool. I know. Damn. The monkey's the only cookie animal that gets to wear clothes, you know that? You have the sweetest smile I've ever seen. So I'm wondering, do the other cookie animals feel sort of ripped? Like, is the hippo going, hey man, where are my pants? I have my hippo dignity. And you know, the monkey's just, I mock you with my monkey pants. <laughs> and then there's a big coup in the zoo. The monkey is French? All monkeys are French, you didn't know that? No. <laughs> Adorable. Oh yeah. Oz says it to I love Tara, but Oz has some game. Gotta say. Um yeah. he has some of the best lines in the show as far as like flirting. So cute. And then he immediately just moves on. No, so it's that's not like an awkward better. moment where she has to be like like it's just like a casual thing he said and like move on. That's what makes him yeah. amazing. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So good. And then just the whole thing about the monkeys. And he just talking about hippo dignity. Yes. I have definitely used the phrase, there's a coup in the zoo, multiple times. I stole that straight from the show. So and they're French. Oh, oh monkeys are French. are French. You didn't know that? You didn't know that? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking adorable. 
I am the bug man, cuckoo cuckoo. I didn't realize until way late that that was a Beatles reference. Um, yeah, this time when we were watching it, I screamed out, that's a Beatles song, because I made the connection for the first time. I knew it oh, a couple nice. of years ago, but that's still late, <laughs> I don't listen to the Beatles. I know, I get that, but like, yes. I'm just saying, I didn't get it I was just assumed it was a really bizarre thing he was saying, because he was Xander, <laughs> and he's dumb. You can say whatever he wants. Yeah. Um, oh, the Taraka lady uh, not only has some crazy-ass, like, gun moves, Night but pants. she also, uh, Assassin's Creed. Knife pants. Just... <laughs> With the blades in the wrist. Hell yeah. Like, that's where Assassin's Creed stole... They stole that from this. Patrice. 100%. They from Patrice. Die. Maybe she's a playable character in Assassin's Creed. Who knows? <laughs> I hope. I mean, at the very end, she says, eat your peanuts, watch your movie, unless it's about a dog or Chevy Chase. <laughs> Which I don't... I don't get the shade. I mean, Chevy Chase is kind of a crazy person now, but... Maybe I mean, but at, back in the day, it would be what? Vacation? Like, what are we... I don't know. Why was Chevy so pissed? He, uh, as you, as you may or may not have uh, followed the saga, uh, he did not want to be there. I mean, he said in every interview that he doesn't like the writing and he doesn't like the hours. So, who would go to eat at a restaurant called Bucky's Fondue Hut? Let's hope it's made up. Let's hope she was just being. I don't trust Bucky to make fondue. No, I don't either. You shouldn't trust Bucky. I want to eat fondue in any place called a hut. Yeah. As a general rule. <laughs> Are there fondue restaurants life. just yeah, by themselves? Because yeah. I think most people think of fondue as bread dipped into cheese, mm-hmm. but they have like Not broth that you dip raw meat into and yeah. it cooks it. And then you have a bunch of sauces that you dip the meat into. And then they also have like the dessert fondue. That's real good. Friend. As well as the cheese fondue. So it's like a whole multi-course meal of. But when you think of Buckley's. Buckies. Buckies. Let's not class it up. It's only cheese. It's I probably imagine Velveeta. it's probably yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> and just like bre- just white bread. Just, yeah. There you go. It's actually a pot of cheese. You just bread. dip oh, in nice. with your hands. Oh no. It's terrible. You call it cheese hand. Okay. <laughs> Goodbye everyone. <laughs> you just stop. <laughs> End of episode. I'm done. Um, If you're really done. I am actually done. Yeah. done. Well, let's rank this sucker. Oh crap. <laughs> <laughs> Willow Hacks, we talk about the net. Nothing. Not a damn thing. Next next one. Getting five. Did you not rank it? Well, I didn't rank it because I usually rank it in this moment while you're talking. Yeah, except my list is not on here because I had to reset my phone. Oh, no. Oh, no. Ranking to be determined. <laughs> That's fine. Joyce, not around. Still not there. So she's getting a five. That'll also change next, next week. Oh, my God. Oh, in two weeks. Never mind. Sorry. Monster of the Week. Order of Tarakas. Pretty cool. Patrice is pretty neat. Uh, Spike and Drusilla apparently are formidable enough to summon another Slayer to Sunnydale. So, and Drusilla, again, yeah, the, the image of her carrying Spike through the church is just really cool. And I wish we got more Drusilla. And I was thinking, like, it doesn't really pay off how menacing Drusilla is, but she fucking kills Kendra. So, like, she is... She's... She's crazy, but she's got some shit. That was going. a Loki spoiler for me. I didn't actually know how she died. So that's cool. <laughs> you're, you're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. Giles level Giles? Nine. He was exasperated. Or maybe I'm thinking of Ted. I can't remember. He, he, was, he, he felt kind of on edge. I gave him a nine because episode. like he's a, his whole ensemble was on point, but also he had that kinship he had with Kendra immediately, just like mm-hmm. bonding over being giant nerds. I, that's very Giles. Just like Yeah, that's true. So he gets a nine. Friendship? We get an eight level of friendship relationships. Buffy is mean, kind of, to Kendra, but then works with her and has empathy for her situation. Like, we come from two very different worlds, and it sucks that you weren't allowed to be around people, and, you know, I can help you with your 
emotions and you can help I think me there was you. a lot of stuff working against Buffy and, and Kendra being friends right off the bat. I think they did as well as they could. I think they really came together. Yeah, I mean, that conversation when she's leaving, yeah. she's like, you always talk about it like a job. I know, I like that And that, I think that really registers with Buffy. She's like, oh, I guess this is like, there's, I'm the only one in the world. I mean, now there's two, but yeah. she's, well, still, that was the thing. she's still the Slayer. True, but it's nice to... She will always be the Slayer. Yeah. No matter what. Uh, Xander and Cordelia, gross. But Willow and Oz, you gotta give... That's why we get an eight all around. Because they really bump up the score. They do. Um, episode specific, we're talking about Oz. We get a ten out of ten for I'm lucky with my monkey pants. Because oh that God. whole conversation... So good. Just incredible. I can't wait for more Oz. Yeah. And it's it's, it's just continuing. So I'm Season three Oz is some prime yeah. it's my, my stuff. It's really good to know that Oz, like, Oz leaves as Tara comes in, right? I mean, it's pretty much an overlap. So he leaves in episode five or six of season four. Mm-hmm. She comes in a couple episodes later, okay. but they don't, aren't officially together until New Moon Rise. Doesn't matter. Just seeing her face is enough. Basically. So there'll be a little bit of a gap of mm-hmm. sadness. She, Hush is the first episode she's in. Oh, yeah. I can't wait for Hush. I know. It's going to be great. Oh, that podcast of Hush is going to be great. Which is silence. Yeah, silence. Sweet. 40 minutes of silence. <laughs> <laughs> We're just miming We're things just miming. that no one will know. Exactly. So, for me, that gives a total... I have too many things. I have too many things. What's My Line Part 2 gets a 45, which is... Puts this as number three for the season. Number three for the season. Behind Halloween and School Hard. How is she making that sound? June, please stop! <laughs> <laughs> oh man i'm happy you love your toy but god damn like wait a minute we're almost like we got we're gonna take a break you can chew on the all right all right daniel so you're just not gonna yeah i okay. will rank it eventually okay i don't also have a ranking on hand but basically everything that we've said proves that i'm slightly disappointed with this episode i probably ranked it way higher in the past but I'm going to give it a hundred. I'm going to give it 94. Out of 137. Out of 137. Right. I like this episode. I, I think it's just because the potential of the world expansion. I like the idea of what this episode could mean. We'll never deliver. But I think that's why I always have a special place in my heart for this episode. I thought it was just so cool that... 84. <laughs> <laughs> I made the argument. Yeah, yeah I raised the tempo. Well, in the last scene with Drusilla holding up Spike, it's great. It's great. It's great. Yeah, they do a lot of good church stuff. Immediately when I thought of that, I thought of Spike on the cross, you know, hugging the cross or whatever, oh, which is yeah, probably like one of my favorite uh, scenes ever in the entire show. It's just like, it's okay. It's amazing. So, yeah, I don't know. Anytime they do vampires in church, it's kind of like the scene's going to be overwrought, but also really good. So, yeah, I liked it. I didn't like how they got to that point. And I don't like that they didn't just kill them. But I'm glad that Drusilla is alive. I'm glad that Spike is alive and we continue on. There is so. a dumb vampire church scene in season four. So. Don't tell me about it. Okay. I'm just going to enjoy my vampires in church. All right. We're a real podcast. You can find us at Beat Me Pod on Twitter, Beat Me Pod on Tumblr, uh, Beat Me Tumblr. Tumblr. <laughs> also, uh, Tumblr. Tumblr <laughs> is the offs. Shoot. Uh, BeatMePod at gmail.com. If you're into writing emails, please do that. And uh, we have a playlist on Spotify that uh, I actually found out two weeks ago. I did not have public, so <laughs> no one could follow it, even if they wanted to. But that's going to contain songs that are available on Spotify for every episode that we've gone over so far, as well as 
any episode or a song from every album we mentioned during our new new segment. So that's Beat Me hyphen Fun Time playlist for podcast fans season two. Um, we will not be here next week because there is a break between What's My Line Part Two and Ted. So we'll be back on the eighth, I believe, of December. So look out for that. So then, thank you so much for listening. It's been an absolute treasure. Stacia, say goodbye. Goodbye. Daniel, say goodbye. When all is over, I'm thinking of Pineapple Pizza and Teen Movie Fest. Possibly something from the Ring World oeuvre. There you go. I like that you almost said Ringworm. Goodbye! Did I say Ring? It was a Ring World? Ringwald? Molly Ringwald? Oh, damn. I heard (laughs) Ring World. I was like, that's not a thing. But that's clearly a 90s reference. I don't (laughs) get it. No, it's 80s. She was really going around with the rat back. Damn it. Well, I look like a fool. Bye. (laughs) Cool. You're not alone in this case. Pierce, stop trying to coin the phrase streets ahead. Trying? (laughs) Coined and minted. Been there, coined that. Streets ahead is verbal wildfire. Does it just mean cool, or is it supposed to be, like, miles ahead? (sighs) If you have to ask, your street's fine. Okay, we can banter if we want to banter, but I'm warning you, I am leaving for lunch early. Me too. Me three. Streets ahead. Man, you guys really love these stupid chicken fingers, huh? Uh...